BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate girl bomb grip to the professional grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girl Bomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at Walgreens. It's time to talk Sixers. Simmons off balance and an incredible bank shot is good. Here on the broadcast, the official podcast of Sixers.com. Embiid drives down the lane. He goes in and slams it. Oh, man, what a play by Embiid. Now, here's today's episode. An amazing end-of-season stretch just keeps on rolling on for the 76ers, picking up a franchise record 15th. 15th consecutive victory Tuesday night in Atlanta, holding off the Hawks by the final score of 121 to 113. Brian Seltzer with you from Sixers.com. Thank you as always for checking out the podcast on this, the final day of the regular season. We know there is plenty more basketball to come for the 76ers and the way they're playing. That can't be anything but a very promising and good thing. Last game of the year later on tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 o'clock at the center on Fan Appreciation Night, a great way for the Sixers to wrap things up in what could actually be a playoff preview for the Sixers in the opening round for the Eastern Conference quarterfinals if the current seedings hold. It'll be the Sixers at the three spot and the Bucks at six. So this could be a preview somewhat of things to come for the opening round playoff series for the 76ers. All that will be sorted out later on tonight once regular season action in the association wraps up. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk with a man who knows his front office stuff from ESPN. It is Bobby Marks, front office NBA insider, and we'll get on the phone with him in just a moment. A reminder that to subscribe to the podcast, you can do a couple things. You can go to iTunes, you can go to Google Play, you can go to Stitcher, and you can type in Sixers Podcast Network. We're also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash Sixers. If you are like me, you really enjoy and dig everything that Bobby Marks does for ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter at BobbyMarks42. He is also the front office insider for ESPN, which has tonight's game between the 76ers and the Bucks at 8 o'clock. Bobby, a longtime executive, spent two decades with the New Jersey and Brooklyn Nets, rising all the way to vice president of basketball and assistant general manager, has plenty of contacts throughout the league, so we thought it would be a good time to 
to touch base with Bobby and get the word from him about what people are saying about the 76ers around the rest of the league and get his opinions and thoughts on the team and its progress as well. Bobby, thanks so much for taking the time, man, to talk. And I guess why don't we start with this. Um, On your original list of expectations for this season, where did the 76ers at 50 wins, a top-four seed in the East, and a monster winning streak rank on your lists? I don't think that was even on my list. (laughs) On my list, when I – and I do this for all the teams. um, I put notes down for each team. My notes for Philadelphia entering the season was, uh, Joel Embiid healthy and play meaningful games in March and April. <laughs> That's a, that, those are the two things that I had in my list in regards to Philadelphia. And what I mean meaningful games, I just that, you know, in the past, and you, and you know, following this team and working for this team, is that you get to a point past the all-star break and you start playing out the string of games and you look towards the, the uh, you know, the uh, postseason and the lottery um, and I just wanted this Philadelphia team to start playing games that meant something where either you're trying to fight for a playoff spot um, and give these guys some uh, some experience here. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think this probably caught us all off, a little bit off guard here. Safe to say it's happened more quickly than you would have thought? Yeah, I think um, – I think if they had not made up the playoffs this year, I think it would have been, you know, certainly a disappointment. But um, the expectation level now, and is, you know, we're not just looking at this team just to get into the playoffs. I think, you know, um, you know, certainly to uh, win in advance based on who they play in the in the first round. So, yeah, I think they're, I think they're certainly um, ahead of the curve here when it goes to how this has been built and how, uh, from a winning standpoint, I think the culture from a winning standpoint is is that they've got a a pretty good taste of success right now, and they're not really willing to give that up. Why don't we go into the layers of the Sixers' turnaround a little bit more? I suppose there's a bunch of different ways you can assess the way things have gone for them this season. There's obviously young individual talent, some veterans sprinkled in that have made a difference as well. Collectively, this is a team that has a top four net rating going into the final game of the regular season. Their style is something that the head coach, Brett Brown, has talked about since his very first day on the job. Where did this all start and seem to get rolling and pick up this year and accelerate, do you feel? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with a health. You know, we all, we, you know, that's kind of the under under uh, statement of, of the year as far as what, you know, getting Joel out there healthy, um, keeping him healthy, um, extending his minutes, and then kind of just building around that that base there. Um, the, the big thing too is is that um, you know this is a, although they're top ten in the league in average age, they have built this with veterans. Um, on on the outside as the outside layer here, when you look at the JJ Redick signing and the Amir Johnson signing this summer, and then to be able to add uh, Bellinelli and Ilyasova um, after the uh, trade deadline, that those two those four players themselves and 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 I think if we're looking at Bellinelli and Ilyasova, I can't make the case that the Sixers team would be would be able to get out of the first round if those two players were there if they had stayed pat right now, just because it gives them a, I don't want to say an insurance policy. If the, the bright eyes of the, of the playoffs gets a little bit too big for some of these young players, but there is a fallback there for, for, for the veterans. So um, it, you know, it's, it's, it has always started with health. We always thought if this team could, could stay healthy, 
um, there could be something there. But when you added, you know, the, the two in the summer, the two veterans in the summer, and then you get the two the two players post deadline, I think that's kind of where you uh, where you started really things to pick up here. We'll talk about some of the young members of the Sixers nucleus in just a moment, but in continuing along with some of the veterans, I know that a couple weeks ago you put a tweet out there during, I think, the Sixers game in Atlanta that all signs are pointing towards the Sixers recently making a run towards the playoffs, but guys like Bellinelli and Ilyasova put them over the top. I mean, is that a sign of change in perception that a guy like a Bellinelli or an Ilyasova, or even dating back to July with J.J. Redick and Amir Johnson, that this was a destination in the 76ers that they were not only willing to entertain but ultimately sign with and jump on board with? Oh, I think certainly. I think the you know the, the, when you go through the March 1 waiver buyout uh, period, those players have basically, they can pick any team they want to go to. You know, most of the time it's not a team that's heading to the lottery, but they had the choice of picking 16 or 17 other teams that were 16 teams that were heading towards the playoffs. And they picked Philadelphia. And it wasn't just one. It was two of them. I mean, two guys, uh, you know, Arison certainly helped being there before, but a, a guy in, in Marco Bellinelli, because he felt like there would be a role for him and he felt like this team was a playoff team, um, and it, it was a two-way street, you know. He he kind of used the team to you know help him next year in free agency, and 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 they relied on him to to you know not just be a six or seven seed, but yeah, I mean it's it's hard in um, in March when you go through that process and you kind of and it's really not about finances because both guys signed for the prorated minimum, but to be able to um, to be able to you know sign both players is a huge feather in your cap, and and, and the same could be said about. Um, you know, JJ in this, this summer. I mean, JJ Reddick had his pick of teams. You know, he he probably could have gotten gotten to, to Brooklyn on maybe not probably not as much money, but in length and contracts and security. But he took Philadelphia. He kind of bet on himself a little bit. Um, certainly came in at, at a, a pretty high number there, but it was it was certainly worth it, and it, it, it helped both out. You mentioned the culture factor at the start of the interview. Just what have you been hearing about what the rest of the league thinks of the culture that the 76ers have built and that's really taken shape, um, I guess, more exponentially the last couple of years as things have started to move in a different direction? Well, I'm just talking with people. They've only scratched the surface here. I mean, we're only we're only seeing the, the, the first foundation of good things that are going to uh, to happen. And the, the the beauty of this all is, is that they have so much flexibility going into into the summer, uh, and, and possibly in the summer of 2019, how they really want to shape their team. When you add, you know, a lottery pick, likely lottery pick from the Lakers, and your own pick, and then you you have possibly 25 to 30 million dollar cap space, you can go in so many different directions, either re- retain these this current group or go out free agent shopping. So there is a and it's a good time to be, um, you know, a, a team in, in, in the market from a free agent perspective. And being on a national stage um, in the playoffs, uh, playing on ABC or ESPN or TNT, is there's no better selling point from a recruiting tool than doing that. The identity for the Sixers, it seems like, first and foremost, is what they've been able to do with young talent. Um, there are a couple guys to analyze on that list. You've mentioned Joel Embiid. Kind of a freak injury that he suffered colliding with Markel Fultz in the game a few weeks back against the New York Knicks. Before that point, what were you making of what Embiid had shown over the course of this season? Well, I mean, as dominant as, as a center out there, um, I think if, if uh, DeMarcus Cousins hadn't got hurt, 
then we would probably be talking about Joel Embiid for first-team All-NBA. I think Anthony Davis getting votes there will probably take that away from him, even even with Embiid. Um, you know, the game, you know, I think he played 63 games this year, um, not playing, you know, 70-plus. I think we would be talking about uh, about him and Cousins if healthy as All-NBA. But the one thing I marvel about Joel is, is, is really is, has been his footwork. I mean, I've never seen a footwork for a big uh, player that size, uh, as fluid as he is, um, can go out and stretch the floor, can play down low if you if you, if you want to. Uh, is a great teammate, and guys when he's on the court they they they, they thrive off of. And you know it, it's it's always been about health. I mean, if Joel can stay healthy, you know he's going to be in a lot of All Star games, and this team's going to be in a lot of postseasons for the years to come. When you were with the Nets, do you remember what people were saying around the time when his name first surfaced on scouting radars, that sort of thing, and, and what people felt at that period? Well, it's funny. I went out and saw him play at um, at Ohio State. They were playing. Uh, I went and saw a game Dayton and drove to and drove to Columbus because I heard about this guy Joel Embiid, <laughs> and I didn't. I'm like, you know, who is who is this guy? And I went out there and. Uh, and uh and and saw him and um you know i mean that that was the you know the kind of the tip of the iceberg this this seven foot seven foot plus guy at at kansas here um you know who exactly was he and he kind of he kind of stormed onto onto the national scene and then you you go through the draft process and he he, you know he he breaks the foot there um and you take a little bit of a risk taking him where they did and then you know he's you know he's out of the picture for you know two years, and he kind of teases you last year, and now he kind of explodes back onto the scene here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, um, where he is right now compared to where he was two years ago, I think it's uh, it's a great story. Are there certain players that you found over the course of your time in a front office um, where scouts, personnel, people, they just can see and they have a sense, they kind of know immediately that that could be some type of special piece that's capable to be built around? Well, I mean, I go back all the way back to, um, to 96 uh, or 97 with, um, with, with Tim Duncan. You know, we had the, I think we were picking seven there. We wound up going up to two and we made that trade with Philly and took Keith Van Horn. But I think at the time you knew that Tim, that, that Tim Duncan was that special type of player that you were able to, uh, to, to build around. I mean, I think that's kind of my, you know, maybe not comp in the style of play, but that kind of that foundation piece, that kind of anchor. We've gone about 10 minutes so far, Bobby, and we haven't even mentioned, I don't think, the name Ben Simmons yet. And uh, <laughs> it's been pretty ridiculous. During the back half of the big winning streak the Sixers were on, it's Simmons who really elevated his level of play with Embiid being on the sideline. Um, did you see this type of year coming from Simmons? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, where he is now, uh, I mean, I saw him at, at, at LSU. I love them at LSU because I love players that are kind of positionless, that can play multiple different positions. You're not kind of pegged one thing. Um, you know, we, you know, out last year with the uh, with the injury. Um, you know, we we thought he would be healthy this year. He has been, but to throw him out there with this team and be able to do things and really, I mean, he's peaking at the right time. I mean, he's really peaked post All Star break. Right. Uh, no, I did not. I did not think we would. Um, you know, I, I didn't think we would see Ben Simmons at this type of level right now. Where, you know, if you had some more time left in the season, you could probably make a case for him getting some All Star, uh, All NBA votes. I mean, it's, it's certainly it depends on what, where you want to put him. Um, but yeah, it, it is a remarkable um, as far as what he's been able to do. 
he's not a guy that outwardly um, emotes much. He's very businesslike and serious, gets down to work. But to me, one of the most impressive things has been just how much poise he's played with um, and the fact that he has really from the start of the season until now at this late stage has kind of acted like a guy who's been there before. Um, the intangible factor seems to have stood out in some ways as much as some of the skills he brings to the court. And that's why I don't think he'll have any problems when we get when we get going over the weekend with the playoffs. I know the knock from talking with people, the national people, saying, "Well, these young kids have not been there before," you know. And I and I remember being in, in New Jersey when we went to those cup that first year in the in the finals. And besides Jason Kidd, we had a young team, and those guys hadn't been there either. And um, I'm not I'm not worried about you know the, the bright lights when Ben Simmons plays a game one on on Saturday or Sunday here. I think. Uh, I think he's cool and collective, um, and that I don't think that will be an issue. I'll, I'll be surprised if it is an issue. And it's interesting because it seemed like there were some people that took issue with his comments about the Rookie of the Year remarks when he was asked on ESPN, well, would you vote? Uh, who would you vote for? And he said, oh, I'd, I'd vote for myself 100%. I mean, that's. I think that if you're around him, you get a, an understanding of what type of demeanor he has. And it's not really like boastful or overly cocky. There's just a very subtle, somewhat silent confidence that he carries himself with. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you probably heard that from LeBron, too, when they asked LeBron if who he would vote for for MVP, and he said himself. And I think any of us, if you have that confidence about you, um, you can do it in a certainly the you know the right the right manner here, but I had no issue at all for him saying you know who would he vote for, and um, you know he'll probably uh, certainly win the you know rookie of the year I, I assume, um, and uh, go go on from there. It sounds like the 76ers are still in the midst of trying to figure out exactly how they might try to incorporate Markel Fultz into their playoff plans, but how far do you think it could take him just the fact that he was able to get back out on the court before the end of the regular season? I didn't think we'd see him, Brian. I yeah, didn't think I'm, we'd I'm see him you. at all this year. <laughs> I, I, I thought we would I thought we would go into the I think the big two biggest questions going into the summer would be Markel Fultz and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I thought those were gonna be the things because we hadn't really seen much of both these guys uh during during the season here. So to be able to come back a couple weeks ago and, and play you know, somewhat of a roll down the stretch here. Now it'll be interesting as far as what happens when we get going, because you know that um, lineups start to get shrunk down a little bit. Minutes start to get, um, you know, change, changed up a little bit. You'll probably see that in Toronto with that team up there. Um, so it will be interesting as far as what role Markel plays here. But uh, playoffs aside, I think uh, it's a lot. There's a good, there's a, enough body of work over the last, you know, I guess five or six games here to go into the summer and kind of build off that. From any clips that you've seen or highlights or games, do you feel like he's shown more than what he did in the first four games of the season? Well, I think there's a little bit more of a confidence level. I, I really do. I think that kind of – I think that when you play with confidence, the 40% shooter, you know, all of a sudden is shooting 45 to 50. I think that's where, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big physical guard. I mean, and to, to kind of you know, either post up or try to get to the hoop, I don't think that's something maybe we saw in um, you know early in, in the year. And I think that all that stems from just having a having that confidence level. As we begin to wrap this up, have you heard any scuttlebutt from contacts you might have around the rest of the league as far as how they view the Sixers going into the postseason? What level of threat? How seriously um, they're being taken at this point? 
Well, if you talk to my counterparts at ESPN on some of these shows, I think they've got them penciled in going <laughs> to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I think I want to pump. I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit there. Uh, I think we'll take it round, uh, take it round by round. I think a lot of it will depend on seeding. Uh, I expect them to win uh, against Milwaukee and and get the three seed. And who knows who they'll play? Maybe if it will be, uh, maybe if it'll be Miami there, um, and then go through there. But they have certainly. Uh, if they do get the three seed, they're in a good draw with Boston as a, as a, a decimated Boston team as the two seed. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see this team in the Eastern Conference Finals. I wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't be. Or and I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in you know in, in, the, in the second round here um, because there's so much there's so much unknown with this group because they they haven't really been there before. This might be a strange question for the guy who works for the 76ers digital department to ask, but if you were inside an opposing front office, what are the types of conversations once seating and matchups are set? Can you kind of take us in there and the dialogue that takes place between a front office and a coaching staff about getting ready for a long playoff series, how you try to attack the opposition? Well, you know, it's funny. I was driving earlier and I was thinking that I do not feel, I do not, I'm not envying the person who is in charge of putting together the scouting book <laughs> because you're heading into Tuesday and Wednesday and you have no idea who you're playing here. Um, and now you've got to, it's basically you're studying for a test and you've got, you know, less than 72 hours to do so with, uh, with the game on. And I'm sure there's an, uh, an idea of who they're, uh, of who they're playing, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, they will put the plan together. Um, Coach Brown will put a plan together as far as what the rotations will be, what the minutes will be. Uh, and I'm sure Brian uh, Colangelo and his group will kind of be in on it. You know, the one thing you're not, you don't want to do is go into a game one and, and, and wonder why player X is not out there. So they'll be, uh, you know, although Brian's not coaching, they'll be, they'll be working together as far as what this plan is going to be as far as whoever they're going to play, if it's, if it's Miami or Milwaukee or, uh, or Washington. Know that people around the Twitter sphere love seeing your inputs, insights, and information about all things financially related to the league and teams. And the Sixers, they're in a strange spot, whereas this time, the last couple of years, it's been all focusing on what lies ahead um, in June and July. But now there's this balance between games still going on and then the bigger offseason pictures like draft and free agency. But uh, just how well set up do you think the team is um, moving forward financially, assets, all that stuff when you put it together? Well, I'm happy I'm not writing the Sixers offseason focus right now. <laughs> I think Sixers fans are I think Sixers fans are happy that they're not going to see one at the end of the week. They might have to wait until mid-May or early June to see that. But yeah, I mean, I think they've got you know they've got some decisions they need to make with with uh, with JJ as far as what you do with him. Um, do you go the run one year route and bring back guys on you know one year contracts and then roll into 2019? And there will be some nice names out there. You know, you're going to have a, a good lottery pick you'll have a good player there your window to, to for flexibility is still there because you know ben is not up for an extension for i think another year and markel down the road and dario too so you've got you've got a nice window to try to take advantage of you know your young players your cap flexibility um and to add some veterans the off-season focus series, just part of the cool stuff and content that Bobby Marks is putting out for ESPN. He is their front office insider. You can follow him at Bobby Marks 42 Bobby, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Brian.
Bobby Marks, you can see, read, and hear all of his stuff on ESPN's various NBA platforms all the time. Once again, ESPN has got tonight's game between the 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks. It's an 8 o'clock start time, all the Eastern and Central games starting at 8 o'clock tonight to build up drama as far as how the seedings ultimately shake out. If you are trying to get in the building tonight for Fan Appreciation Night, it is, as always, StubHub.com for any tickets that are left. We're going to have a rewind edition of the podcast tomorrow and then for the rest of the week, a bunch more episodes trying to help you get set, ready, and preview round one of the playoffs with the Sixers. Can't wait. Hashtag Philly Unite. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. See you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.